This is Beers and Buckets, a podcast for degenerates like us who drink beer and watch basketball. We are the only college basketball podcast that reviews beer and the only beer review podcast that talks college basketball. So grab a beer, throw on a game, and hang with us. Okay, welcome in. We are back, and it is officially the offseason. College basketball 2021-2022 is over, and with that, our first season of Beers and Buckets is over. But we are going to still give you some content in the offseason. We're chill about that. We want to give you guys and engage with you guys a little bit more all throughout the year. So with that said, we have an awesome episode planned. Uh, It's actually pretty casual, but we are joined, like Dal and I are joined by – Scott Clark and Matt Sack of the Courtside Connect podcast. Guys, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Can't complain, man. Um, I mean, there's a lot to complain about college basketball, but I'm not complaining about life because it's great. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, too. I'm happy that um, Matt can finally be back on the Beers and Buckets podcast. Um, Legally. Happy birthday, by the way, thank buddy. Thank you. Thank you. It was yesterday, of course, so I'm feeling a little foggy right now. A little... What was it like to have your first beer? <laughs> What's that? I said, what was it like to have your first beer? It was phenomenal. I had no idea what an alcohol tasted like until yesterday. So, <laughs> I'll take one alcohol, please. <laughs> my, my wife, when she gets intoxicated, she gets really technical with her vocabulary. And we were at a party a couple of months ago. Uh, around Halloween and uh, my friend like was talking with her and and she's like what is your intoxication level mine is at 11 right now <laughs> she was like super nervy about it uh it's great yeah but, all right Dal how you doing man very good um have a wedding or had a wedding last weekend got stuck in Orlando for two days because I missed my flight uh don't really want to talk about that one uh have another wedding to go to this weekend uh, that will be very fun so i'm looking forward to that um excited to have these boys on my mind is clear i just need a little more time though uh to before we really get going yeah well, we'll give you some time so okay so is that reference you, over okay, your head Connor? yeah a little bit <laughs> it's a reference to for those that don't know and haven't listened to courtside connect their uh, intro song is incredibly oh. catchy. Just need to clear my mind. I don't, I don't like it in that. I know the, the song. I know the song. I mean, I listened, like, once I listened to the episode that day, it's in my head for the rest of the day. That's it. Uh, yeah, well, you obviously don't know it that well, but I just referenced it. And... You said it out in the wrong context, bro. Come on. You didn't do it in the right order. Right. If I hear clear my mind, I, I instantly start singing it. Instantly. Anyways, you guys should go listen to the Courtside Connect podcast to our listeners. Not talking to you guys on the screen here. Go listen to the Courtside Connect podcast because they do have some great content. And uh, you guys are sponsored, right? Yeah, we are sponsored. Oh, yeah. Sponsored by Blue Chips, the official NFT uh, of Kentucky basketball. And Matt Jones apparently listens to the podcast. So, neither of you have great reason to listen to it. Yeah, to our Texas Tech listeners, if there are any... Matt Jones is the the one of the bigger faces of Kentucky media, and he's also just kind of a general, like, just a tool. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about it. Like, I think he has he's good intentions, but he just loves to hear himself talk. So, um, but 
we'll move on so I don't get uh, blackballed by Kentucky media entirely. And <laughs> yeah, so that you don't get an internship denial as well. Uh, it's okay. uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Scott tried to apply or applied to be an intern for KSR, which is Matt Jones uh, radio show and everything like that. And I guess it didn't work out. Um, they weren't hiring, but he had to delete some bad tweets. So that way he doesn't get in trouble if he ever wants to join again. So <laughs> there's that. They say cut my resume. So the, the dream isn't dead, but we'll see. Yeah. 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 No, it'll be fine. Uh, so well, let's, let's do the beer review up front. Matt, you're, you just turned 21. Fresh baby, 21-year-old. You want to give us your beer that you're drinking tonight? Yeah, so honestly, I went to, I went to some like liquor store today. Big bottle of liquor, which is great. But I was looking for a beer there, too, and I kept looking. And there's a lot of fancy stuff there. And I kind of want to pick up one out, though, like, wow, you guys, maybe something y'all have had on the podcast. Yeah, maybe something y'all haven't heard of. But then I, like... My hat was still super foggy and had a headache from the night before. So I don't have anything fancy right now. I need something that I can rely on and go to. Something I know is going to go down nice, easy, and though not be the best beer, the most fancy beer in the world. So that is um, uh, a Natter Day by Night. Um, my first nominated flavored, really <laughs> shitty, gross beer. But um, I know I'm able to drink 10 of them without anything happening to me. So I'm like, what I want for this episode right now. So that's what I'm going to. Kind of like, it's kind of like, I don't know, like a Villanova or Gonzaga beers. Like they're super flashy, but you, you you can count on them in the tournament every year for a sweet 16. So. No, you can't. <laughs> you literally can't. I can always count on them every day. Oh. <laughs> Oh man! I'm gonna crack it open. No, damn right you. I think it's funny how you gave Scott crap about bringing Michelobes on pod on the beer review podcast, and then you bring on you bring on a natural light. I was, <laughs> I was gonna find something green, but then Scott not even that a natural. natural. I heard Scott was bringing on Michelobes, so I'm like, all yeah. right, I'll bring on natural light. Respect Michelob. <laughs> also, I was way back. It was it was probably a few months. It was Matt. He brought on a Miller Lite or something, or something to it. Brought on uh, Miller Lite. Matt on the first episode brought on Bud Light, and uh, I think it was he was either uh, I think it's Beard that brought on a Miller Lite. I think it's Beard. That was it. It was Mike Beard. So do you know what? I don't need any crap. I'm drinking Natterday. <laughs> I literally it, remember when I had my beer. I've never had a Natty Light, to be honest with you. All right, it tastes like water. So. <laughs> Scott, you want to go? Do we have yeah. to add IU, add IBU on Saturday? Can we get can we get some stats? Well, I go. Alright, so for those that know me, which the people that are listening, none of you know me. Um Michelob, uh Ultra Infusions, Lime and Prickly Pear Cactus. My roommate, when I first moved in, he introduced me to these things, and these things are the best thing in the world. They go down smooth. Uh, they wipe Mc or not? They wipe nat- Natterdays. That's for damn sure. That's what I was drinking in high school. I was drinking Natterdays, and those things stink. But these Michelobes. <laughs> you were, you were 21 in high school. Yeah, I got held back like eight years. Um, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. But they these things got great flavor. They're like a they're like a Walmart Corona. Um, 
And I like Corona. I like Modelo. I just don't like paying 18 bucks for 12 of them. So, yeah, this is what I'm drinking. Um, yeah, and I love it. I, 10 out of 10 beer. What? By the way, to all our floor listeners, um, he's drinking the Walmart Corona, whatever. Land Shark, which is even more expensive than Corona's BOGO at Publix. If you have a Publix near you, go get some Land Shark. But yeah, I love freaking Land Shark so much. What? Yeah. Publix is so good. Yeah, that's the like one so key amazing. of like good thing about living in Florida is those sandwiches. I heard that like the pub subs are fire. They're Pub subs, they're fire. So also, the key lime pie at Publix. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Damn. It's so good. Publix, Publix is good. It's so expensive though. Like I never, I only shop there for like those things. I never go there just to get anything else because it's so expensive. But all right, Dal, what you drinking, man? All right, so I'm gonna follow up the the Michelob prickly pear cactus and the Natter Day with the beer that I've been saving. So a couple, well, I guess it'd be six podcasts ago. I went and got like a choose your own six pack uh, at the liquor barn and got a beer that ended up being like eight dollars or something it's a founders highly acclaimed kbs which stands for kentucky breakfast stout it is a cinnamon vanilla cocoa imperial stout, uh, aged in oak bourbon barrels which is redundant you don't have to say that because all bourbon barrels are oak uh <laughs> but it has a 100 on beer advocate which is like the maximum score you can get like I said, it was like $8. It's 12.3%. So you would need to drink like four of Saks Natterdays to equal one of these. Um, I've never had it, so we'll give it a try. That is a heavy beer. I mean, twelve point three percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, it tastes almost like a milkshake. It's really good, though. Um. I'm trying to think who I would compare it to in college basketball. Um. Uh, who, has a, who has a really like, complex offense? Kentucky, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> trying to think. I mean, like Gonzaga. Like, when I look at Gonzaga, I'm like, damn, these guys just moving the ball up and down the floor. Like, quick pass shot, quick pass shot. But I would say Gonzaga, except one, Matt already used that for his always takes care of the tournament. I literally used them on our last podcast for a beer that lacked the finishing uh tournament so <laughs> let's go what about what like where uh did, arkansas where does, where does porter Mosey coach now oklahoma oklahoma because uh, i was gonna say like the his little chicago teams always seem to run great sets that were very complex so yeah like he had to because he didn't have like they didn't have like right, talent, exactly so I mean? um i don't know I'll, I'll go porter Mosier. also porter kind of beer so that sort of fits sure yeah this is important but whatever what you got what you got i forgot college? to do my college may I, interject? may I interject and do my i forgot to do my college comparison i forgot i didn't know that we were doing that uh, 
Yeah, yeah, go for if it. I, if I'm gonna compare this middle, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna give it like a Kentucky, North Carolina. You know, Michelob's been around forever. It's solid. You know what you're gonna get from it. May not win all the time, but it's gonna be there. It's gonna be there at the end. How about UCLA? So, I think Kentucky's like, been used a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Maybe in Indiana. I don't know. But I, I think UCLA's fair. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we actually UCLA. like that beer, so we can't call it Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> also, have also they still they still uh you know, like Michelob still puts out some good stuff. Indiana does not. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That All right, is uh, I am drinking. Uh, it's Hidden Aleworks uh, Brewery here in Tampa. Um, it's called Orange Crush. I basically just picked it out because of like the can's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, like, there was another one that had like a bear with like laser beams on it, and it was like a bunch of stuff. But I don't, I didn't want to do an IPA because I just didn't want to drink an IPA. Uh, so this is a it's Orange Crush. It's American wheat beer with wildflower honey and sweet orange peel. And it's 5.2%. Uh, there was four pints in a pack. It was 10 bucks, so not too bad. Um, I've had a beer like it before on this podcast. It's just like the Tangerine Wheat Ale by Lost Coast. And uh, there was another orange type of wheat ale that I've done. But this one's pretty good. Um, I'm going to say it's like Syracuse. Because a orange, but also like it's pretty consistent for the most part. You know what you're getting out of it. It's not like main like they won in, with Mellow, but you know that was way you know, forever ago. This this is not going to be like a home run hitter. But if you want to enjoy, you know, like maybe a couple rounds into the tournament, this is you'll go with the Orange Crush. So uh, I'll go with Syracuse on the comparison there. All right. Well, that wraps up our beer review. So guys. What did we think about that national championship game? A, like, did you watch it? Did you sit down and watch it? Were you doing other stuff in the background? What what happened? Um, Go on, Scott. Okay. Uh, kind of funny. The Kentucky loss ultimately ended up me, like, getting interested in WWE, which is how hard I took the loss because I didn't know what to watch. I didn't want to watch basketball. Um, and I never thought I'd get into, like, professional wrestling. It's pretty fun. So, watching – so, seeing that – Two teams that we beat by a combined, what, 47 points in a championship. I had no interest in watching it. So the first half I watched uh, Monday Night Raw instead. And then I saw that uh, UNC was up 15, and I kind of tuned in. And then the second half happened, and I was rooting for UNC, so that kind of sucked. But it was probably one of the least interesting, like, championships game, championship games I've ever wanted to watch. So I will see your – my like our team beat them by a combined however many points and raise you a 98 76 loss by unc at wake forest so my teams were combined three and zero against the champions and beat them by like a combined 70 something points <laughs> yeah that's hell that's hell yeah i don't know matt matt did you watch it yeah, I didn't watch a single college basketball game from the Kentucky St. Peter's game until Duke North Carolina. And that game, like given that I hate both teams and hope I want both of those teams to lose at all times, um, it was a really fun game to watch. Like I had like fun. no bias in the game because I wanted both of them to lose. 
Um, I know everyone wanted Duke to lose, but honestly, really didn't care. I wanted them all to lose. So I was just from like an unbiased perspective, able to sit down and watch the game. Um, and it was just really fun. It was great basketball, um, back and forth. One of the best games like I've ever watched all season. Um, so I tuned in for the national championship too. And I, I felt the same way. Like there was some, a lot of poor shooting, I guess, on both teams, but, um, I really enjoyed the game. It was just a really good college basketball game. Came down to the last shot, obviously. Um, so I, I was really happy with the quality of basketball. I didn't think refs tried to take it over. weren't any stupid long reviews or charge calls or anything else that ruins college basketball. So I really enjoyed both games just from an unbiased college basketball uh, fan perspective. Yeah, I agree with that. Dal, did you watch it like from start to finish or are you kind of doing other stuff in the background or what, what do you think? I was definitely watching a movie while it was on. Oh, uh, yeah. But I, but I had it on. Um, <laughs> I don't like you all, though. Like, I watched every St. Peter's game after they beat us. I ordered two uh, St. Peter's T-shirts from Home Field, <laughs> which they licensed that so fast. They, like, beat Kentucky. And then that same weekend, they had St. Peter's shirts, which was just wild. Um, but, no, I, like, I mean, honestly, this tournament was – pretty fun there was there are very few blowouts there were some questionable calls made by the refs but at least refs weren't just like insanely whistle happy and seeming to like take over games if they were making mistakes it was just kind of in the in the flow of the game um i mean both kansas and unc are frustrating teams to watch because they should be better than they are. I'd say that with them making the turn or like them making the championship. So that point sounds kind of dumb, but both of them seem to like be inefficient compared to what they should have been. Um, Ochai Baji ended up having only like seven shots, which is just super strange for him being like one of the probably final three guys for player of the year. Um, so I mean, it was a, I mean, it was a weird championship game. UNC got up, games kind of came back. Uh, yeah, it was it was definitely one of those games that they played like the second half. They played not to lose. Uh, it it felt like I was watching Kentucky football. Uh, the way that it was just the how they played it, where you know they get a big lead and then they just kind of coast and like try to beat out the clock. Uh, so that was frustrating to watch, but. Uh, I mean, it was, I mean, it was a really fun game. Like at first it was a snoozer. Like the first 10 minutes, I was like, this is a boring game. And then UNC went on like an 18 to nothing run or 16 to nothing run and ended up having like a 15 point halftime lead or whatever. But, and then the second half, it's like, you knew that Kansas is going to make adjustments, but what did you guys see when you watched it? Like, did you see what the adjustment that was made or was it just UNC just stopped shooting? Like, really well because they were shooting pretty well in the first half i think kansas started to make shots they missed a lot missed so many open layups especially like from the last like five minutes that i watched the first half because like i said i wanted to see the destruction of kansas i hate kansas so much when i saw (laughs) that they're down like 10 12 i was like fuck it i gotta watch it um but like Jalen Wilson missed like three bunnies in a row. Um, yeah. McCormick was missing bunnies. Like every like Ochai wasn't getting involved in the offense, which Dal you talked about. But like 
that's like a problem of his is throughout the year, like he would just disappear from games and he just wouldn't shoot. Yeah. Um, he, he was way too easy to just take out of a game if yeah. you if you focused on it. Yeah. And like if you put in – like Helen Grady had that dude in Alcatraz. Like, and Helen Grady is a pretty bad defender. Um, yeah. yeah. So that – but they just started to hit their shots. And it's cliche, but basketball, it's how many shots can you hit? And um, yeah. UNC didn't make their shots, and Kansas did. And once they had that momentum, out of, they just they never looked back. And I think they had that stretch where they made a three. I think Remy hit a three. Caleb Love is drilling the ball up the floor in the second half. <laughs> gets it stolen. And then they get in one layup. Three seconds. I think that was like the nail on the coffee, even though there's still like 10 minutes left in the game. I just um, Kansas made the play, and UNC didn't. The frustrating part at the end was, like, they had, you know, like, what's his name, ran out of bounds. They had a shot to make a three before that, though. And anybody, like, it should have been Brady Manick shooting that shot. Like, but for some reason, maybe because Baycott was out, so they did, they wanted to try and grab a rebound, they put Brady Manick down there. I get that. But, like, it's, like, 10 seconds left. Brady Manick needs to be shooting that shot, like, yeah. from three. If you're down three your best three-point shooter should be shooting the three-point shot, right? So why why did they not look to get it? It was like a like a 35-foot shot, maybe a 30-foot shot from, like, Caleb up to contest it. It wasn't like it was an open shot like either. It wasn't like it was, like, wide open. He was very contested and had a hand in his face. It's like me playing pickup ball on Tuesday nights. Like, that's, that's exactly what it was. So, yeah. uh, like, but except for I make those shots. Anyways, uh, Brady Manick needs to be the one that, that shoots that right so uh, that was the frustrating part what else did you see matt from that like in the end of the game they even had a shot after the shot because of the stupid the guy ran out of bounds the most frustrating part was not that they didn't give manic the ball but after they shot a three the announcer which always happens without failure of oh they didn't need a three there they could have got a quick two and then five (laughs) it's like there, it doesn't matter what the situation is. Like, you could be down three <laughs> with five seconds left, and they'll be like, oh, get a quick two and foul. You get a three. It just didn't need to be a 30-footer by Caleb Love. I mean, yeah, Scott brought it up. I mean, talk about, like, just making shots or not. I mean, R.J. Davis and Caleb Love combined 10 of 41 from the field and 1 of 13 from three. Armando Baycott and Brady Manick carried this team just good even puff johnson was a spark off the bench but honestly the shift for me it looked like north carolina ran out of gas i mean they're two big men one was concussed the other was playing on like half of a half of an ankle you know and they just it was probably more like an ankle and a half they run like five and a half players they don't have subs and it's just like they were gassed kansas they just seem to have a little bit more energy. Like, I remember when we were in Vegas, even though North Carolina didn't have a reason to be gassed because they had, like, the whole week off, but we just punched them in the mouth from start to finish. Like, they yeah. couldn't keep up with Xavier Wheeler. They couldn't keep up with Ty Ty Washington. They couldn't keep up with Oscar Sheboy. That's literally what happened. I mean, Kansas just ran past North Carolina. And, like, they had more energy, and they they made the shots because it looked like they were – more into the game they had more energy to make the shots i mean they didn't shoot a great percentage either um i mean Baji had a really rough night shooting especially from the free throw line but they they had a couple when it counted and i think they just overall had more energy and that was that was just the game for me yeah i, I agree with that 
the energy definitely was there. Like I said, it felt like they're playing not to lose. Uh, you know, they were trying to just keep that, just hold a lead as long as they could and just beat out the clock. And it was just frustrating to watch. Uh, the, the problem with that was the Kansas went on a 12 1 run from like the 16 minute mark to the 13 minute mark. And that three minute stretch, they won that three minute stretch 12 to 1, yep. which essentially like tied it up. And after that, like you said, I mean, it, relying on five guys is a blessing and a curse in, in a game where you're already probably going to be kind of tight and it, like the emotions are going to be heightened. It can definitely come back to bite you. And yeah, I mean, the, you're, if you don't have the ability to like keep guys fresh, especially like a run that, that happens 10 minutes before the end of the game can really take a toll on you like towards the end, which it seemed to happen. So let me let me do a little trivia here. Don't pull it up, Dal. Don't pull it up, Matt. If you have Ken Palm, I don't know, but I have Ken Palm pulled up. Um, I have the three point percentages of their starting five. I'm gonna go ahead and let you know that Armando Baycott is in dead last for a three point percentage with being twelve percent from three, uh, but he's only shot it eight times. So, anyways, Caleb Love, what do you think his percentage is this year? Like for his career, this year. I'm going to say about 31%. Scott, what do you think? Uh, I was going to say 29. Dal, what do you think? Um, we'll play the fifth because I already looked. Well, I, okay. I looked before you even asked this. So Yeah, okay. That's fair. Uh, he is a 36% uh, on, the, on the season from three. So I'm closer. Right? Shocks, one to one. Okay, so Brady Manick. I know he's in the low 40s. Just give me a solid number, though. 40, say 40, 40, 41. You said it at the same time. Could not hear you. 41. <laughs> that one again. 41? I had 40 flat. 40 flat. He's 40, yeah, he's 40 flat. Damn. Yeah, 2%. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but that's he's the highest percentage on the team outside of Anthony Harris, who has taken taken five shots and made three of them from three. So volume there is a little bit of a, of a difference. Uh, you you need your best three point shooter if you're down three to pull your three point shots. I mean, like if Kentucky when Kentucky was down three, who shot the last shot to try and tie it? Keon Brooks. No, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes it was. Sometimes but... it was. But in St. <laughs> Peter's, right. they were down three. And, was, there and... a pump fake? was there a pump fake before the shot? Because if so, I know who it was. Yeah. It was, actually, I, I think he just straight pulled it and made it, to be honest with you. But it was Kellen Gray. I mean, like, that, he was our best three-point shooter. That's who it was. Yeah, it was the only time that he didn't pump fake, and it was the one shot Shocker. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with a good pump fake if it's a step back and like you have a clear shot, you know what I mean? Because like that was not the vibe though. No, I mean like he would just pump and it would be immediately contested because everyone knew he's pumping. Like, but also yeah, like the there was also times this season when he remember in the Tennessee game the first time around at Rupp, he like literally turned off the screen, didn't even know, like he jumped before he was looking at the rim and and made the shot mid-air, you know what I mean? Like that's what we needed from Kellen Grady late in the season. We didn't get, but uh, anyways, we're talking about this game. He did that. He did that three yeah. times against Kansas. Three. My friend, my friend who uh, goes to Kansas, he was at that game, and he goes, 
this Grady kid is just like jumping midair, turning and just shooting. I'm like, yeah, bro, I've never like this is what he does. Like he's like, I've never seen this. Where a guy just curls yeah. off back to the basket practically, catches it and just immediately shoots and fires. Yeah, it's and so so frustrating that. that he got away from that. But yeah, I don't know. I've heard I've heard injuries. I've heard like I just personally think it's fatigue. The dude was carrying the team on his back in late February, early yeah. March, and it's just caught up with him. But anyways, is there anything else from that game? How about the court situation? Like what? Like I know those are like that, there's that not dumb. a lot there. But that was a lot. That was a lot more than what we normally see in those flex type situations. I think that was just weird. You got. I, I, I think it was just the video. I feel like if you take any snippet of a video of like a two hundred sixty pound guy jumping full force into the ground, you're gonna see, especially with the lighting. I feel like the lighting kind of made it look like it was bending more than it really was. Kind of playing illusion. I didn't really think it was that big. A deal. I mean, like I've I mean, seen the court flex like that. I didn't. I've never seen the edge of the plank like that, though. You know what I mean? I thought it that was just the lighting. Just... To be honest, I looked closer. I really didn't think the plank flipped up. I think it just be me. I have pretty bad eyes, but I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was we just. Go ahead. We saw the video of uh, Zion like last week, where he put on his Instagram story of him doing like a well dunk. Yeah, and people were making fun of him. Yeah, because that floor was so bent. I don't think it was a floor. I think, like Matt said, I think the floor was just flexing. Like, Baycott's a moose. So, is yeah. Zion, like, that's going to happen when, you know, thought, a big dude lands. The, the, the Pelicans, like, I thought that was one of their rehab floors, though, or whatever. Like, where there's more. To, for... I think it was. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. I think the narrative is more fun when it's just a normal floor and that Zion. Just... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Zion's a big boy. <laughs> Get that jambalaya in him down there and that gumbo down there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. They, need, they need to draft Chet and just get Chet and Zion to hang out together and get some pounds on him. That's actually that's where we should send Damian Collins to Matt. I mean, send Damian Collins down with Zion to get some, get some, some, meat on some weight on him. I don't know, man. I don't know. So, all right. Anything else from that game? I thought it was. As much as I hate to say, I thought it was a fun game, uh, but both teams, I wish like they both could have lost. But uh, I think it was, as a Kentucky fan, I think we should be appreciating that it was Kansas because that, their last title came in 08. UNC's was like, what, 2017? Yeah. So, you know, there, I think that there should be something there because also, you know, like people are saying, oh, get vacated. I'm not putting any stock into this getting vacated. There's, it probably like, won't. No, I mean, I, I I will say that it's super dumb that everyone collectively hates Will Wade, and which is incredibly valid. It's not that it's an unvalid hatred of Will Wade and like giving him shit, but Kansas now has as many championships as they do level one recruiting violations, <laughs> and they have the exact same number as LSU. But and everyone's like, oh, Will Wade cheats. He's awful, and. Everyone is now celebrating Bill Self as some like master coach and is like good for Kansas and it's dumb. I think it's because of that wiretap that the because I mean everyone knows the infamous clip of Will saying like with a strong ass offer. I don't think we have one yeah. from Bill. So I think that kind of leads into it. Like, if, I mean, there was like court documents. There was stuff in the, that that was revealed in court documents though, and in, in court about them wiring money to uh or like having money ready for zion though uh for kansas i remember that came out and then also what 
who was it? Who was the the guard that they had that um, I can't remember his name, but they had a, they had a lot of evidence linked to a certain guard that like a couple years ago, maybe like the 2019 team. No, no, it was a uh, Billy Preston. No, I can't remember. I'm going to look it up. Kansas top recruits. I think it was it Grimes. No, I can't remember. But I remember Preston was there and he had to leave because of NCAA stuff. Um, yeah. There's a lot of shady stuff that goes on there. I mean, like, dude, remember the 2019-2020 thing where they had, like, the strippers and Snoop Dogg and the money guns and all that stuff? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. How, how much money did you think they had to pay Snoop Dogg to travel to Lawrence, Kansas? <laughs> like, think about that. Two hundred dollars and a couple pre-roll joints. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think Snoop yeah. Dogg's there for the vibes. I don't. I don't think he really cares. Yeah. <laughs> now I do have a question with this championship game. In my opinion, Kansas is the worst team to win a championship since twenty fourteen UConn. Yes. Yeah. Where do Where do you do you guys fall in the same boat? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Y'all I don't think the buckets, good. Y'all follow the buckets channel on uh, YouTube. They no. do. They do mostly like NBA stuff, but one of the things that they do. It, it's Zach Schwartz, Josiah Johnson, who is like the king of NBA memes, Sean Yu, who used to work at the Ringer. <laughs> Anyways, they do a bunch of like random stuff, but one of the things they do is they do the like tier ranker thing where they like S tier, A, B, C, D. Literally yeah. yesterday they did a like ranking every championship team and this Kansas team they ranked like super low. It's the worst one since the 14 team was the Shabazz Napier year, right? Yeah. 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 If Wisconsin had beaten Duke, I'd say Wisconsin in the 2015 championship. The 2015 championship didn't happen. Uh, They stopped after the final four. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. But, uh, but if it's Wisconsin, had Wisconsin had won, I'd say that team just because. I mean, they had Sam Decker and Frank Kaminsky, and that was it. Uh, hey, I grew up Kaminsky. a Wisconsin fan. So. And Ni- Nigel Hayes. Nigel Hayes was pretty yep. solid. Yeah, respect Nigel. Respect later, Nigel. though. I feel like later he was. not. Hey, anyways, anyways, Frank Kaminsky got waived today, by the way, if you, if you weren't paying attention yeah. to you know, my, on Twitter. Boy. Yeah. Uh, but – I don't know. Uh, yeah, Wisc- that that UConn team. I mean, outside of Shabazz Napier, I can't tell. I can't tell you another player that was on that team. I mean, they were just it was extremely mid, and that was that's that's one game where I'm like, Cal, like, what were you doing, bro? Like, how, like, what were you doing? But also, like, we didn't make a lot of shots that game, if I'm not mistaken, either. Yeah. You know, it was so. Cal's fault we didn't make shots. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, this is the worst team, like, to championship. If you were to rank every Kansas basketball team since, like, the past decade, this might not even be, like, top three or four, maybe not even top five. No. Oh, the 2019 team that uh, – They didn't have a tournament, bud. Oh, that's what I meant, 2019-2020. That's what I meant, 2019-2020. They had Quinn and Grimes, they had Devin Dotson, uh, Vic – That was the Diedrich Lofton. Azabuki, how you pronounce his name? Yeah, Azabuki was, was out the whole year. The, 
I was talking about the 1920 oh, team. That team would have wiped this Kansas team like no tomorrow. Like that team was yeah. really good. That's the one that that's, that's the good. team that got in the brawl, right? I forgot who they played, but they got in yeah, that brawl. With Sylvia, yeah, with Sylvia, they played Kansas State. Where Kansas someone State, threw yeah. a chair or yeah, something that was, like that. Yeah. Dude, that picture like, like WWE. Yeah. <laughs> it was, that was great. That was a fun season, all things considered. I mean, like ended in the worst way possible, but there was a lot of like fun stuff that season they were they were they transitioned to be number one in Ken Palm that year on January 21st and were number one in Ken Palm the rest of the year yeah they were that was a good team that was the one team I was worried about uh Kentucky facing uh that year because that was I mean that was also one of the better Kentucky teams we had in the past couple of years as well so uh yeah frustrating to say the least but um let's see do we have any recruiting news? You guys, you guys hear any scuttlebutt about uh, Kentucky recruiting you want to share with us? Outside of like uh, Norchad, which I know that his Norchad uh, Omir, his name's been tossed around a lot of potential guys that like we've really pushed hard at. Um, someone like leaked a screenshot of a Zoom meeting of Cal Bruiser, the yeah, whole staff um, with him. He's the he's Arkansas State. Yeah, guy. and uh, I watched some of his film today because. You know, I had nothing better to do. And uh, I think if he's our starting four, like, I don't – I might hit the – not the panic button, but I'm like, eh. Like, yeah. he's, he's a bit – he's tanked defensively, and he's a really good rebounder. He hit just like Oscar. Like, Oscar, everything two hands. Norch had the same thing. Everything two hands, all positioning, all box out. He does the dirty work prior to getting the ball. Um, like, I just – He's only like I said, he's six seven. Um, so if he if he's like a backup five, um, if he's even a starting five, I wouldn't mind him. I just don't want him at the four, obviously, unless the five is going to be able to shoot. Yeah, yeah. I I think I wouldn't want him at four either. I think you would kind of need to be like a retrace, kind of like an undersized five. I think retrace yeah. was six eight. I mean, I was six nine, and we saw even he was undersized here. This guy's six seven, so that's a little bit concerning. Um, but he basically plays like he has less offensive space than Oscar. Even Oscar can occasionally knock down a 14 footer. And this guy doesn't do anything outside of the paint. Um, so I, for that reason, I wouldn't want to see him outside of the five. And kind of like you said, Scott, I'd like him back five. But what does that mean for Lanceware? I would rather have Lanceware back than trying to get a transfer guy that replicates production. I wouldn't want to stunt the development of Collins. Um, I think he should be seeing a lot of off the bench at the four or the five. I like to see Jacob Toppin come off the bench at the four or the five. Um, so I just, I just don't really see the need for a guy, um, what he would do for the team, you know. Um, if Oscar were to leave, yeah. I'd rather get more of like a center. Um, like like that broom guy from Moorhead State, I think that would be a really good plug-and-play, um, more rim protector. Because doesn't really did. But I feel like he does some stuff that Oscar doesn't do. Um, finishes a little bit better than Oscar runs the floor. And I wouldn't say runs the floor better, but he definitely cleans up the paint a lot better um, in terms of, like, the defensive end. What he blocked, like, three and a half shots a game. So I'd rather take a direction like that. Um, I think there might be better rounds in the portal that don't, like, go in the portal until they see what Oscar does just because they don't want to leave and then have to come back if Oscar winds up coming back. So... Um, I, I would pass on him personally. 
it's hard to talk like say anything negative about the first unanimous player of the year uh, in Kentucky history. Yeah. And Oscar was incredible at running the floor on offense. But part of our problem, and uh, if you all want to stick Kentucky daily, uh, which outside of the four people here, um, I don't know like why you would be if you're not a Kentucky fan, but they had um, uh, the guy that does hoops insight. And he was talking about some of the problems with this team. And our transition defense was not very good this year. And part of that was Oscar was great at running the floor on offense, but Oscar was not always great at running the floor on defense. Uh, no. And also he got cooked in the pick and roll. Like, yeah. Every time. He's, he's not a great I mean, defender. He's just a limited defender. Um, I think we've been talking in our group chat uh, about a lot of guys. And I think – that um that Northshard falls in the same like kind of category that a lot of guys that have been in the portal so far have been where it's like I would love if we added them if we're adding them to be a like the fourth option or worse. Mm-hmm. Where it's like we don't need him like if he's coming in and we're like, oh this is the guy that's gonna be a key like cornerstone for our team probably not the not the move there's a ton of guys that probably i mean we're in the infancy of the transfer portal like season uh yeah in college it goes on for months too man yeah it goes on for so long i mean what's the deadline july 1st i don't know the exact date but it's yeah i mean it's it's, it was around that last time i think that was also like the it's around the same time as the deadline to enter the draft the draft yeah yeah uh it's around that time too so we have so much time left in this off season for finalizing this roster but i do have a a question i want to ask all three of you guys and then i'll give my answer um you have two players that you could pick right now to add to kentucky's roster uh, one has to be a transfer and one has to be a recruit. If you can think of a recruit, if not, just give me two transfers, but preferably try to give me like, you know, like an incoming freshman and then a transfer who you're to. Does the recruit need to be like available or kind of like steal someone? Uh, if there's a coaching both. change, if there's been a coaching oh, change. Do, do both. So be realistic. Yeah, like obviously, re- I'd say let's try and make it as realistic as possible. All right, okay. all right. I got my, uh, I got my two. So I, I want Antonio Reeves to start off. Um, I spent my whole uh, journalism three hundred three class this morning watching Antonio Reeves tape. Um, he's him. <laughs> uh, I put in our you know podcasting group chat. I he reminds me a lot of Note, just extremely good handle, can blow by any defender. Um, really good shooter, and I think for context. This is Antonio Reeves, the guard wing from Illinois State. For yeah, he's a good Chicago boy too. So I mean, look, all the all the good things are there. And then for my recruit, uh, I watched a lot of uh, Mackenzie and Gabaco. What do you that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't he's a hard to clean right now. Is what I'm hearing. But yeah, yeah. he's not coming to Kentucky. Which. It's crazy considering Duke yeah. is like a million five stars. Anyways, he um Ugh. he reminds me a lot, and I read a lot, and I saw a lot of comparisons to Tatum, uh, Ingram, where he could blossom into, and I think him at the four. 
uh, would be really, it would offer a lot of things you could do with the right? That it gives us a lot of versatility. So I think Reeves and Mugabako uh, would be would be really good. I like it. I like it. Who wants to go next? Uh, so it kind of depends. Like when I think about what our team needs, um, right now I think it's safe to say that so Damian Collins already announced he's coming back. We know uh, Chris Livingston coming in. We know we have Casey Wallace coming in. CJ Frederick is pretty much coming back. I think that's a safe assumption. We get Toppins coming back. I think Lanceworth is coming back unless he has a surprise transfer. And I think Saber Wheeler has a really good chance of coming back as well. Um, so, I mean, after that, it's kind of like option choice number one. So those are seven guys right there. They fill a lot of different roles. We have a point guard. We have shooters. We have depth. We have size. Um, and then from there, it's option number one is Richard Shaden Sharp and Oscar Sheboy. You know, and now you're nine deep and you have your nine-man rotation and maybe you just add one more shooter, like Scott said, and Antonio Reeves to come off the bench for that Davion. That would be ideal, you know. But if Oscar and Shane leave or maybe Saber Wheeler leaves and now we need a point guard, things things change, you know. So um, if we let – I want to go all in on Shane Sharp. I want to go all in on Oscar Sheboy. I want to pick players that complement them. I'm going to take um, Antonio Reeves, like Scott said, and I'm going to take Leonard Miller, just upside guy. I don't think he's a guy that's going to play me no matter where he goes. I know he's ranked really high. He just has so much raw talent. He's had a huge growth spurt. We've seen people struggle when they go through four and four, um, within like a couple months. So I think as like a, a two-year, multi-year guy with all kinds of high-end potential, be him. But if um, something like Shane Sharp leaves. I would take a look at Adam Miller, I really like as a wing scorer, but I would go Tarrant. And I know we've talked a lot about him. He's just a guy that could play two through four, probably guard one through four. Positional versatility, I think, is huge. He could defend at a really high level, um, space the court really well. This was a guy that was getting a lot of looks from NBA teams until he got injured. So I'm guessing he wants to come back and go to a school where he thinks he could show that he could be a. I know he got a lot of buzz, but I think Kentucky has a serious shot at him, and I think he'd be a huge piece to have. Dad, what you thinking, man? We should just be the NBA reclamation program this year and get PBJ, get Patrick Baldwin in via stretch four, get Amani Bates to transfer from Memphis uh, <laughs> and actually play him at the two guard. We just need all the all the – the guys that were top recruits that like tanked their stock in the last year, just give them all to Kentucky and we will <laughs> prosper. Yeah. Is that who you actually want? I, like, actually, that would be sick. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't hate um, it. Uh, I thought, didn't uh, PBJ, didn't he say that he would like, didn't, is he signing with an agent? Could be I wrong. I can't, I can't remember. His, I remember he declared like last week, but. Yeah, I, I saw a mock draft of – a couple mock drafts, actually, of the Magic getting Jabari Smith, uh, Oscar Sheway, and Patrick Baldwin Jr., and I'm just like, please, please give us – please give Orlando those three. You're going to get your hopes up so hard with the Magic draft passes, and they're going to draft, like, 
some stupid player. Oh, I'm going to hate. I'm going to hate whoever they pick. Like I promise you I'm going to hate whoever <laughs> they pick and then they're end up they're going to end that player's going to ball out because that's what it's done the past couple of years. Uh but it's not like the magic develop anyway, so what does it matter? Hey, that's under the old staff, buddy. This is a new staff. Uh, that is has developed people. This is a new Suggs staff. bust. Um that's way too early. Scotty to better. Scotty better. Scotty better. Scotty's better. Franz is better than Scotty. Get out stop, of here. Stop. Stop. Don't stop. <laughs> oh, all right. We're, all right. I need to mute Connor. Come on. Connor needs to, I did see. Connor, I did see. It's like Connor, you're I did see a nope, I did see a Raptor fan go, who would you rather have? Scotty Barnes or Franz and Suggs combined? Like both of them. Connor, both you're those muted for a minute. You're in and I'm still taking no, Scotty Barnes over those. Connor, you're around. in timeout. Connor, you're in timeout for you're in timeout for a minute. No, Scotty no, has a playmaking no. skills of Suggs, and he can probably have the scoring of Franz in like two years. So mm-hmm. it's like we'll see. Nope. Did no, you guys no, say no. that about Siakam? No talking. No about... talking. Siakam's an All NBA player. You guys said you, that about Siakam, then you're ready to move on from him. What? what happened no one's. Re- not me. Not me. I used to. Because you're a reasonable fan, but yeah. Connor, oh, well, you're yeah. not adhering to the timeout rules that involve no talking for a minute. Uh, yes. Anyways, um, I don't know where you were at. Uh, all right, you oh, get yours. No, you get have, yours. I have, I have one more point. Um, and it, it kind of is a – I thought I have on college basketball right now. College football definitely applies to. The NFL applies to. Like, freaking out about roster moves before everything has finished is just incredibly fruitless. And if you're going to be – if you're going to worry about your roster and act like that you're playing a game tomorrow and be so worked up about like a potential hole that you have or that kind of thing before the time comes, like just chill. I have friends that are freaking out about their NFL teams. And I'm like, free agency isn't over. They haven't had the draft yet. Like maybe just take a like step back on thinking that your team is going to suck next year. And yeah. it's the same kind of thing with, um, with just any college basketball team, but especially Kentucky, when arguably our two most important players on next year's team could potentially not be on our team. So, like, even the, the like, thought exercise of, all right, well, like, what transfer would you want or what recruit would you want very much depends on Oscar's decision and Redacted's decision. And so, like, the my answer for – who I would want as a recruit or who I would want as a transfer is very, very much dependent on the rest of the pieces that we, that we see kind of fall into place. Um, so. Yeah. If, I mean, if, that, that, that kind of leads into my, to mind Dow where, so like I'm going to operate, I have two answers here. The first one is if Shaden Sharp goes, he's projected redacted. like fifth. I'm going to say his name because we're nope, over it. Redacted. But Anyways, if Redacted goes, he's projected fifth. There's even talk of like, uh, <laughs> there's even talk of him like the magic if they miss out on Paulo, Jabari, or Chet. Like they'll just reach and you know maybe go for for Redacted there at, at what what fourth or fifth or whatever. But anyways, so let's say he's gone, then I'm gonna go with Leonard Miller as my freshman and. Uh, so my freshman recruit, whatever, and I'm gonna go with Adam Miller as my transfer. Uh, nope. So that that would be my two, the Miller brothers. Um, I don't know. Matt's Matt tried to say something, but he like froze up. Did he freeze up on your end? 
I said, hell yeah. Oh, okay. I can hear you. All both lefty sugars. I want all the lefties in the portal. I want, I think, isn't Darren Shannon a lefty? I want Adam Miller. I want Leonard Miller. I want all the lefties. My thought behind that is, all right, so Leonard Miller, he, he can he can get a bucket, but you know he's going to run into those freshman struggles, right? Uh, and then also keys, our teams are going to key in on him. Uh, so, like, when when there's those lulls in the offense where you just need somebody to get a bucket, that's when you go to Adam Miller, right? Uh, so that's if Redacted goes in the draft and Oscar stays. Now, if Oscar stay or if Oscar goes and Redacted stays, then I'm gonna go with like a Johnny Broom or you know so, somebody like that that could fill in that void, um, and then probably go with still Leonard Miller as our score. Could you imagine like a lineup with, like let's just say like just a lineup, not starting lineup, but just as you know rotation of Wallace at the one, uh, Sharp or Redacted at the two. Uh, Leonard Miller at the three, Livingston at the four, and then like a broom at the five. That would be like that. Who's stopping that? Like That's I can't tell. You, like, the, yeah, it's athletic. It's got great scoring. I mean, you have two like solid scorers and one good facilitator, and get you know like this is great. And then you have like great rim protection there. Uh, that that that's exactly what I want. But obviously, I would want the unanimous national player of the year to come back. So I'd be really happy. Yeah, even if Sharp left, I'd be really happy we got both Millers there. That'd be that'd be fun for me. But I don't know. Is there any other players in the portal or you know any recruits right now that you that you guys are like really excited about that you want to kind of uh, share and talk a little bit about? My boy Nigel Pack. I'll go for it. The Pack. <laughs> the Pack Man himself. Well, all right. Me and Mac got a little argument about this. I think yeah. Nigel Pack. At the two, he plays in the toughest conference in the country, dropped 17 points a game, and shot insane from three. If he can do it in the Big 12, why can't he do it in the SEC? And the SEC is a good conference. But I think Nigel Pack, like, and we didn't reach out to him, which I'm on the fire Cal train now. Um, So, yeah, I'm team fire Cal. Uh, Get him out of here. No, I'm kidding. Uh, But seriously, like, I really wish we would have reached out to him. He's probably Purdue bound anyways. He's a Indiana kid, but um, I really think that he, cause like I've seen so many fans on Twitter talking about how we need like a go-to score and like Antonio Reeves is that guy, but Nigel Pack could also be that guy as well. But I know we I won't get him. But, I, I mean, I'd hope, I hope so. Um, I'm always gonna, I didn't see, like, I think Illinois misused him. But Absolutely. coming off an yeah, coming off an ACL tear, I am a little bit afraid of it. But I would love to see Miller. Like I, I'm not. I've said before, I'm not high on Terrence Shannon, um, which is was the opposite of what a lot of people are. But I think Miller would be awesome for us. And he liked that one tweet from Matt uh, talking about to like come to Kentucky. Yeah. So uh, based off my knowledge, he's he's a cat. So, <laughs> yeah, so um, with, I, with Nigel with Nigel Pack, I am. I would love him on the team if Kaysen's our point guard. Um, if we have Wheeler, that just concerns me about them being a little undersized. That's my only hesitancy. You have two guards that are under six foot. I know they, if they were both like four inches taller, it would be like the next coming of Fox and Monk, but they aren't. Kind of what they are. But um, Adam Miller, um, for anyone saying like, we we've talked about this separately. I think I even put it out a tweet, but. For anyone saying like, oh, look at his stats, he shot 30-something percent from like, low, 34% from three. Um, he had low shooting splits. 
field. There's a reason that guys go in the transfer portal. They're not good fits with the current school they're in, and that affects their stats. What were yeah. Walker Kessler's stats when he was at North Carolina? I'm sure he was. Just, just at me next time, Matt. I'm sure Walker <laughs> Kessler was not putting up 14 and 12 with three blocks at North Carolina. Oscar Shibway was not putting up 15 and 15 and one and a half and one and a half um, a game at the minimum at West Virginia. People I mean, have he stats at their original schools and they transfer. Stats goes up. It is science. It is mathematically proven to work. It passes the SAT test. Just trust me. <laughs> if, you were, if, you're, if you don't understand the science, you just have to trust me on this. But Sources, trust me, bro. Just, just trust me. <laughs> I am joking about that last part. But, yes, Adam Miller no, was played at the four at Illinois. He's a 6'3 combo guard. He was told to sit in the corner and shoot threes. And, like, that's what Illinois needed to do. They had Iowa on the team. And they had Kofi down low, so they needed the guys to face the court. That doesn't mean they were using them as effectively as possible. That you told Ty Washington was about a 6'3 combo guard just to go shoot in the corner. Don't have him run pick and rolls. Don't have him get to mid-range. Don't let him get to the hoop. Don't set up offensive sets for him. Just tell him to stand in the corner. His stats wouldn't be as good. Yeah. You can't just look at stats and not understand the whole story. Stats tell part of a story. They summarize a story, but they don't tell the whole story. They don't tell us how we got to those stats. So you got to take a step back. And that goes with any transfer. If you see a guy with bad stats, realize there's a reason in the transfer portal. Like, you think teams don't want Bryce Hopkins? Yeah. Would he have a point a game? That doesn't mean he's Two not points. talented. He was just used wrong. He's a guy he wasn't used at all. That's the problem. He's a guy bowling in the paint. He takes two dribbles and it goes off his knee and we try to him as a guard. That's not how he plays. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's uh, we, my whole rant on that. Yeah. No, it's a great, it's a great rant. I loved it. Scott, you mentioned uh Terrence Shannon. I I'm a little high on Terrence Shannon only in the mindset of redacted coming back. I think you can get Terrence Shannon and play him at the three. Uh, when you have a score like redacted at the two and you have like Casey Wallace running the point or Wheeler running the point or, you know, whatever uh, Livingston at the four. I think, I think everyone kind of agrees that Livingston is just going to be our four next year. Cal probably is going to play him at the three. Like we know it's going to happen, he's but <laughs> what he's our starting two. He's a, yeah. the, someone, him, Jacob Toppin, Lance Winter, and <laughs> I don't know. That's the dream the lineup long, right there. Yeah, the long John Calipari, everyone's like, stop playing two bigs. And he's like, bet, I'll play three. <laughs> Four? Why not? Let's go for it. No, it's just, it's, yeah. I mean, with, like, with, how could you watch a McDonald's All-American game and not think, like, oh, yeah, he could play the four, but he, you could put him on any, def- like, any opposing off, like, offensive player that's going off, and he will, and he will absolutely stop the ball when needed to. You know what I mean? Right. So, so like Livingston, I'm really excited about just for his defensive potential. Anything we get out of him on the offensive end would be great, and that's how I kind of feel about Terrence Shannon, especially if Redacted comes back uh, and he's our starting two. Terrence Shannon, we don't need him to be, you know, like a 30-point-per-game scorer. We just need maybe, like, 10 points per game and just give him hell on defense. But, like I said to some Texas Tech dude on Twitter, you don't pitch that to him. You say, hey, we're going to mold you into a scorer. You're going to come here. You're going to learn how to score. uh, And you could be, you know, like our second option behind this already, you know, lottery potential pick. You know, like, that's fine. He He would eat that up. 
you know, so right. I, I think it'd be great. Yeah, but my, yeah, yeah. My but thing with Shannon is that, um, which I've said before, I think he's 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 pretty good. At just, I think he gets a lot of defensive credit because he came from Texas Tech. Um, but I've seen Tech fans say on Twitter like he was the worst defender like on that team, like. Uh, and I'm not saying that that means he's a bad defender, but like I don't, I think a lot of people are thinking like he's some like lockdown guy at the at the wing that could just could really take someone out of the game, and I I he could be capable of that, but like you you make a really good point in terms of the no he doesn't want to go to a school where like the reason why he's leaving Texas Tech is because he was just seen as like a three and D guy like yeah not somewhat like a bona fide scorer. You think he's gonna be like? I get it. It's Kentucky, but you can't just say, "Oh, well, we're Kentucky, so like people are gonna want to come." Like, that shit. Ten years ago, yes, like back when people wanted to go to Blue Bloods, people don't care anymore. They want to go where no. they can get to the draft, and I don't blame him for that at all. But yeah, I think I don't think he's Kentucky bound, sadly. But yeah, I, I don't do. think it's a huge loss if we don't get him. But no, you know, like there's there's so many other options. I mean, there's like what like twenty four hundred in the transfer portal right now. Like, yeah, there's, there's so many options. So and the best options aren't in there yet. No, no. I feel like it's going to be a Shannon, while. Terrence Shannon, I know, I know Dowell's huge on this. Um, tournament experience, tournament wins. I mean, or Matt's high on that. I know your co or co-host is. It's it. It was Matt. It's Matt, right? Okay, sorry, but um. I knew someone on the show was, but I mean, just been in the tournament before. I mean, you saw what happened to our guys this year. I mean, Cal was saying like, oh, we just had like there's nine jitters with him. You're going to go in the tournament. He's going to win games. And I feel like our offense is going to struggle regardless if you want to, I'll say his name, Shaden Sharp leaves. Like it's going to be <laughs> our whole team around this guy about to get 18 to 20 points a game and be a Jamal Murray type yeah. guy. We have a first point guard. We have a defensive-minded shooting guard or combo guard, you want to call it. We're going to have probably rim protector center if Oscar leaves, and we're going to have Jacob Toppin or Chris Livingston at the four. So, I mean, we're not going to have – and there's not going to be a guy that replicates Shaden Sharp's offensive ability. So, I mean, we're probably going to look like a Tony Bennett team, but, I mean <laughs> – that's what happens when you put all your eggs <laughs> in one basket of like yeah. we're we're building around a guy like Shane Sharp. So if you leave one my Chris at the three, because I feel like he's probably the next best get yourself a bucket type guy. But then we definitely need a stretch four or a stretch five. Um like I know AMAC shot forty three percent. But we need a guy like that. A guy like Patrick Baldwin at the four. I think if we get Baldwin at the four, give me Chris Livingston at the three. I mean, because first yeah. of all, we go get them buckets. I mean, if Shane Sharp leaves, that's best case scenario. You find a way to convince Patrick Hall. I don't care how many. Hire his dad. Uh, yeah, hire his dad. Jeez, I don't care how many, like, level one violations you pick up. Get it done. <laughs> like, Bruce is on the way out, I think, too, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, it's either him or Coleman. I heard like, that was, like, t- what, a couple of weeks ago that that was well, the, the big I'd- rumor. I know Kyle Tucker said that like he's not going anywhere, and I trust Kyle Tucker a lot in terms of, like ro- like not roster like recruiting, but in terms of staff. Yeah, like, Kyle yeah. plugged in. Um, plugged in when it comes to staff stuff. He's not plugged yeah. in at all when it comes to roster stuff. No, he's not. But he did say that Bruce's contract is coming up. He's getting older. Um, you know, he makes like six hundred grand a year. 
and uh like I know we're all speaking hypothetical like fantasy land but that is a interesting preposition just, to bring we should just always leave always leave a a, a staff a spot position open. spot open for you know like elite players dads to it's come coach Baldwin's dad this year it's DJ Wagner's like uncle next year just the one well yeah. just get to one yeah fuck yeah. it get just get yeah get DeJuan and bring Bill. who cares yeah <laughs> Bring the mother along too. Yama's dad, like, dude. Oh my yeah. god, if we could get Victor on this team next year, oh my gosh, dude. Guy would run at the one. What are you talking about? As he should. He's playing one through five. We just yeah. we only as, okay. <laughs> What are you Think saying? Of how much better we would be feeling as a fan base right now if Kate Cunningham's dad was our assistant coach instead of Joel Justice a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, I don't want to talk about it. It wasn't even his dad. It was his like his like stepbrother was, brother. That was yeah. like. Oh yeah, oh, yeah like, brother, whatever. Yeah. You can't tell me that. Yeah, I mean, that's... you can't tell me that 2020-21 team wouldn't be a wagon if we had Cade Cunningham as their point guard. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Like they actually would have been a good team because that was one thing that we're missing a wagon. was a was a, my, was a point and guard. My boy Olivier Saar, who has been putting up like twenty and fifteen for the Thunder because they strictly play. Ten-day contract, guys. You see that starting lineup the other night? Did you see the guy that's the six-foot point guard that has a sky hook? Xavier yeah, yeah. He, he was doing that, that was, shit in Michigan. That was awesome. I watched that game. Dude. I watched the whole game. It was the most fun experience. Like watching like Pokashevsky, uh, guys I've never heard like Vit Crazy. Jalen Board. Jalen Board put up twenty and twenty. That's his second rebound in two in four games. It's like. I love that. I love yeah. I, th- said, this time of the year is the best for NBA. They said that they said that Xavier Simpson in that game had it was like the third most touches in a Thunder like game by a Thunder player in the last like decade or something. <laughs> That's wild. They were just like feeding him. Love That's it. Wild. No, I I uh, man, I can't wait for this is, off season to be over, dude. <laughs> Scott is is yeah. K better than Scotty? That's a good question. So I teeter back and forth because Cade's the number one option on his team. Scotty is the fifth option on his team. Like I'll take Scotty over Mobley because Mobley is a Jared Allen merchant and he's a Darius Garland. Like he get he's spoon fed his buckets. All of Scotty's buckets are usually him like breaking someone down or posting someone up. Like he gets his. Yeah. Cade, if if Scotty had Cade's usage rate, I think their stats would be similar. Plus, you factor in Scotty's defense. Like, I think Scotty's the rookie of the year. He won't win it because he plays for a team in Canada. Like, this is the, the NBA hates the Raptors. Um, but yeah, I think he's better than Kid. What a victim mentality. NBA does not hate. It's the true. But they, we were arguably a top three franchise over the last ten years, and we got like two nationally televised games. We had one Christmas game. I think we were supposed to, Matt, but we just disregarded it. Oh, there is a mailbag question that we well, we had your question, Matt. So I don't remember what your question was, but if you remember it, go for it. We'll ask that one. I remember there was a couple because I responded to one saying it was an old. Yeah, question. no, there was. Yeah, there was a there was a good one on there. Uh, I'm pulling it up now, but let's do yours first. Oh I yeah, know you had one. Mine was, I think, if you could like. You could compose like starting five of Kel era, like, or even I guess like any Kentucky player. What would like your favorite starting five be? Now, like now, what would the best be? Like, would be your personal favorite? Personal favorite, so not best. 
Uh, it, it could be the best if, if your well, favorite yeah. is the best player to ever play for Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devin asked you. Devin asked. Devin asked you in all five positions. Yeah. Please. please. I definitely have uh, De'Aaron Fox at the one. He was my favorite Cal point guard. Uh, even though I love Ulysses, I think De'Aaron Fox was just, I just think he's better. Uh, so that's my one, at least. I don't know about you guys. Well, just Man, do the whole five. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking, Dal. Can I not, think, I not think? I just knew that was an automatic. Come on, Kai. Uh, I'm going to go Jamal Murray at the two and because that's just a deadly combo. that will be really fun to watch. Um, hot take, I have Kevin Knox at the three because he was also really fun to watch, even though he was a liability on defense. Um, I'm trying to think of a good – Julius Randle at the four and – Oscar, she weighed five. Damn right. We have a pretty similar one. I have um, I have uh, a. enough shooting and Fox has enough size to make that work. Um, yeah. They don't have really three point cards. Um, I have Julius Randall and my four and Oscar in my five. It's like I was like eleven. I was ten when Anthony did. So I don't really remember him the way I do like Oscar and Randall. Yeah. Yeah, probably should have thrown Anthony Davis in there, but I, was about to I don't know. Ever since he's been a Lakers and like uh, I just don't really care. You should have been a magic. You never you never claimed to not be a machine, which is freaking adorable. So I give Oscar <laughs> the- <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys have? Scott, what about you? Uh, I didn't really become a Kentucky fan until 2016. Like I said, I grew oh up Oh, my God. Hold on. I grew up a Wisconsin fan, and then I realized I was too dumb. Even uh, worse. I know, I know, I know. Uh, hold on. I realized I was too dumb to go. Like, I to not like couldn't go there. My grades weren't good. I was a stupid little kid. So I, Wait, hold on. Time out, time out. So you're telling me that you're the reason Kentucky's been so mid since 2016? <laughs> it's like literally yeah. your fault. Nigel Hayes, baby. I don't know. <laughs> this whole time I thought it was, the, it was the Matt Sack curse. It's ended up being the Scott Clark Hold curse. on. Hold on. Since I said, Scott and I started attending UK, we have zero tournament wins. I know. And I've and seen us juniors. lose to Evansville, and I've seen us lose to St. Peter's. Just saying. Anyway. It's your all small. You're all you and the checkerboard. It's those those yeah. the combination of those two. Yep, yep, that's it. 2016. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but to make up for it though, all of 2020 quarantine, shout out to a O Ball O on YouTube. He has like every single full game of Kentucky. Like since yeah. he's great. And I watched every single game. Um, so look, I'm very well versed in that the time period that I missed while I was uh, I was a badger guy. Um, so my top five is I'm gonna go Fox. I just thought he he was really cool, and it was the first year I was a Kentucky fan. Um, my center, I'm gonna kind of just do it with pop, what pops in my head. Center is Oscar. Power forward is AD. Um, I'm gonna do Murray at the two, and then this is kind of a wild card, but I'm gonna do Hero at the three. I just I like Hero, it. Hero had some swag to him, so. He did. He's a bucket. Yeah. I like it. I like that one. Dad, what you got? I'm offended by all three of you because I am the only person putting Malik Monk at the two. 
I almost did, but I didn't want to do the 2016 team of Fox and Monk. But that was such a fun duo. I agree with it. I think Murray was – I think Murray and Fox would also be really fun, though. That's why I did it. Well, you're wrong because Monk is cool. Uh, Didn't say I – Nope, you're wrong. Bad, bad not a, a way I could be wrong. Hell, <laughs> ratio. You're wrong. Your opinion is wrong. That's how opinions work. Um, no, I. I mean, just to switch it up. Also, did, did no one say Euless? Also at the uh, no, Matt. Matt did Euless at the Euless okay. is is Matt's guy. Like Euless is absolutely. So whenever I lived in Charlotte and whenever I went to Wake, I would always go down to the South Carolina games. So I got to see the Cal get tossed, Euless go off the backboard to Marcus Lee. I know I mentioned that on the podcast before because Connor tried to say it wasn't Marcus Lee, and it was, so suck it. Uh, but, no, I mean, Euless was so fun. I am tempted to put Jamal Murray at the one just because that would be more fun and would be maybe even better. But I'll go Euless at the one, Monk at the two, uh, BJ Boston at the three because he gets disrespected. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I also have to continue to pump up his stock because I have a ton of his rookie cards. <laughs> um, who am I putting at the four? I don't know. Jedi um, Mind Trick. Jedi Mind Trick, you want Isaiah Jackson at the four? No, I don't. He's the most. He's gonna be the, one of the most underappreciated players in Kentucky history, like under the Cal era. Sure. Yeah. Um, we, are, you, we already forgot him if I didn't mention him. No, that's and he not was true. He was like, it is true because you didn't. Even that that team has him. been so far erased out of my mind, outside of guys like obviously like Terrence, because like you know, yeah, but, TC, but. To be fair, I was about to put Olivier Saar at the four just because he also gets disrespected. And I watched him play for Wake for three years also. And I like actually honestly, I'm if it's a favorite and we're not doing anything, absolute favorites. Olivier Saar, and then you can't not have Oscar at the five. Yeah. It's it's incredible what he did this season. But yeah. All right. So next mailbag. Uh he had two I questions. Think, oh, wait, wait, go back, go back. I'm gonna put quickly at the one, monk at the two. That's a good pick. Also say pick. I'm subbing out PJ, by the way. Okay, okay, dig it. Uh, this is not actually a mailbag, but let me just say non Cal player Calipari era players, give me a six man. Like a Kentucky player that didn't play for Cal? Yeah. Damn. Dan Essel. player that did play for Cal for six years. <laughs> <The goat. laughs> the first Kentucky player he could find. No, I know Dan Essel. He's my favorite player to use in 2K My Team. That boy was a baller. <laughs> his, his, his My Team card is, Dude, was nice. Wettest jumper ever. What? Uh, if we're going, if we're going probably favorite. best, if we're going best, it's, it's Tayshaun Prince. I'm going to, I'm going to go Keith Bogans though. Uh yeah, I was I was either gonna go um as a magic fan, you have to say Keith Bogans. I was actually gonna go Cliff Hawkins. Um uh, either Tayshawn Prince or Keith Hawkins, um, but probably um Cliff Hawkins because uh I got to meet him when I was younger and I had to like a messed up hip and all this stuff. I think I've explained that on the podcast, but 
I have his uh, jersey signed, like he personally signed it. Got to meet Tubby, and it was really cool. Um, so yeah, that that was that's gonna be mine. There, I th- I'm friends with him on Facebook. I've messaged him a couple of times. He hasn't replied, but uh, <laughs> um, so next mailbag question. He, he had two questions. Uh, this is at the Kentucky 15. Um, I'm only gonna do the one because I think I think the one is a I think the one is a better. Actually, he had, he had two questions that I thought that were pretty good, but we'll, we'll just do both. we got time. We'll, we'll just end on these questions. The first one is, what player in the tournament this year raised their stock the most? Um, and you can't say Doug Eddard from St. Peter's. God damn it. <laughs> is he just going to It has to be Armando Acott, in my opinion. Or Brady Manic, one of those two. I, I would probably go Baycott. I think I, I'd probably go Manic just because they don't make it to the tournament if uh, if they didn't make that adjustment to make him more of a stretch four because they were not using him like efficiently before uh, the before the tournament. They only made it because of what his play at the end of the year, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, trying to think. Just because I was so disconnected from this tournament. Um, yeah, I think I I think Mark Williams did a lot for Duke. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I saw I've read a lot about him this morning about his stock rising. Uh, not that I watched a lot of Duke games in the tournament. Um, Christian Brown. It's also just a it's a it's a tough year for centers in the draft. Yeah, like there's Jalen Duran, Chet, if you want to call him a center, but he's not like no. He would get a Mark Williams, I think, solidified himself as the second best center in this class. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, so, I think Christian Brown was good, though. He just needs to spell his name correctly. <laughs> um, so freaking so, annoying. I'm going to go a, like, a little bit off the wall. Well, I mean, it's not off the wall. It's a very known player. I think Paolo, just from listening to, like, NBA draft pods and seeing people talk about the NBA draft. I feel like that Paolo's stock had really kind of like dropped yeah. over the course of the year and that he had gone from essentially being considered the number one pick to being even maybe like the fourth or fifth pick. And he very much has worked himself back into, I've started to see him now go back number one, which yep. like, so the number of spots he has risen hasn't been a ton, but the like him bouncing back and kind of being now back considered for like a very likely number one pick is yeah it's huge yeah i I saw a lot of that too down so that's a great point i agree with that all right and then the second question uh that at the kentucky 15 had is what did the teams in the final four have that got them there that kentucky did not have luck thank you you beat me to it yeah Basically, yeah. But wait, so the question is, what did Kentucky? What did those have? the final four teams have that Kentucky didn't have? Do I need to pull up that shotquality.com graphic? Or... <laughs> no. Free throw shooting see, in that. I don't need to see you cry on camera. Yeah, just that. Just that. I mean, no, it's luck. I mean, they like they're both very good teams, but they I mean, got lucky with some breaks. I mean, I mean look at Kansas's run to the. T- that's what that's exactly what I was gonna say, Scott. I had to pull up <laughs> Texas Southern, fit 16 seed. 
nine seed Creighton, four seed Providence, which we know was the absolute luckiest team in college basketball this year. Yes. In the final or the lead eight, they it was Miami, ten seed Miami, um, and then two seed Villanova. Okay, without their starting, without no Justin Moore. And also, like yeah. one of the like one of the worst Villanova teams we've seen in the past five years. Am I am I wrong to say yeah. that? Like, no, no. And that Creighton team, they didn't have Clockbrenner, and they're missing another guy, and they barely beat. Yeah, by five Creighton points. Had the lead with like, yeah, they were tied with like two minutes to go. Yeah, and my friend was like, "Oh well, you know that they beat them because the game would be different." What the what are you saying? If they have their yeah. best player, like, like yeah. Kansas, and then, like, and then the final game, and we're talking about. A really, this is not a great UNC team, like eight no. seed UNC team. Dal and I have been adamant from like day one that this is not a good UNC team. No. So, like, this is like I hate the Mickey Mouse ring, but this is absolutely it was a Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse path, Mickey Mouse path to the to the title for Kansas this year. And which which I will say, like, it's not their fault. No, you, no, no. You, you can only beat the teams that you are like that you are lined up to play. So. Yeah, it's not like that it's a fault. It's not like it's their fault that they got like St. Peter's on a Cinderella running the Elite Eight. Like, sure, y'all they beat them. Like, good for them. But I mean, a lot of it is just luck. The tournament is random as hell. Like, you you play this tournament out 10, 10 other or nine other times, and there's so ten outcomes. Kansas and UNC maybe combined make the finals like two more times like it's yeah it's just luck it is you know (laughs) it is the hardest it's the hardest tournament it's like i mean i agree with uh matt lyle uh or matt cross i don't know what what he goes by honestly big blue breakdown uh but rip his account is suspended anyways with matt when he's on the spot he's talked about it he put out a tweet that's saying like he'd like the first weekend to be a single elimination so the first two rounds single elimination after that, it's double elimination, and like, and then the the championship, the final, the title is, uh, you know, maybe best of four or you know what, best of five or something like that. Like, that would be to absolutely find the best team in college basketball. Uh, but you know, like, unfortunately, you don't end up getting the best team in college basketball to win the championship most of the time. Last year, I think it was one of the mo- more rare times that the best team actually ended up winning the title. In Baylor, I don't know. I feel like they. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, they were they were one of the two best teams. It was either them or Gonzaga, depending on how you want to. Yeah, and them. and they blew Gonzaga out of the water. Uh, you know, so it's like and it then, wasn't close. Yeah. Uh, you look at twenty nineteen. Like Virginia was great, but you know who beat them twice? Duke. And if Duke yeah. plays Michigan State five more times, I'm taking Duke four out of those five games. Besides one game that they lost. Yeah. That Duke team was by far the best team in the country. It's just oh yeah, I mean thirty whatever piece Kentucky on it. night one, yeah, like whatever they, they, team has it on a on a given night. That's what the tournament is. You need to be yeah. lucky more than you need to be good. Yeah, so you need to be good. I mean, you just need to also be lucky. Yeah, you have to have yeah. a little bit of everything. Yeah, and then not get ravished by injuries. Yeah, who are the two biggest pieces for Kansas when they won the national championship? It was David McCormick who basically carried them through the Final Four. And it was Remy Martin who made probably the two or three biggest the final four. Yeah. You're telling me we don't have a player as good as David McCormick in this position or a guard as good as yeah. Remy Martin? They don't have anything. Deion Brooks is better than 
Keon's better than David. <laughs> Keon Brooks at the four is better than David McCormick at the five. <laughs> it's not a personality. Like, I, I was talking with a couple people, and a lot of people are always like, oh, if you want to, because everyone's talking about in the portal, like, what do you, what do we need to get? You need a guard that can get his own shot. And everyone's like, you need guards to advance the tournament. It's like, you need a rim protector. It's like, there is no longer a formula to a Final Four national. There's no formula. No. The way that UNC ran pick and roll for one guy and a six foot ten white guy that shot threes from the corner is way different than what Kansas did, where they basically ran through three guards and yeah. fed a skillless center. Well, it was way different than what Duke did. Don't really even have a point guard, but they have like four guys that play out on the wing, which is way different than what Villanova had a guy over six foot eight. Like, there's no formula there. No. You just need to be lucky. You need to catch some breaks. You need to stay healthy. You need to make your free throws because these teams well, Matt, are so close together in skill and everything that it's ultimately going to come down to a couple points. And free throws is the easiest way to swing points one way or the other. And that's really what it comes down to. Can you make shots down the stretch? Kansas did. And are they a better team because they made shots down the stretch? No, they just happen to make them those days. And that's basketball. That's sports. Well, Matt, I'm going to, I'm going to counter that a little bit. I think there is a formula. It's whatever the coach's system does best. Right. So if Cal, Cal, Cal's best teams have had two bigs. I, I, I flipped that. It's whatever your players do best. Well, I mean, it's what this—it's what his system hasn't like. Like Scalabus here didn't work as a, as a five, right? Like it just didn't work as a five because he didn't play like a five. He's more of a stretch four, and but we had him a back to the basket type of player. That's why that's why he didn't work in Kentucky. But like Oscar Shibay is thriving in the system because I mean, like he's just a rebound. Like you just put him out there, the four out was fine, whatever. But my, my point is Cal's best teams is he's had two bigs, but everyone can, complains when we play two bigs. Well, like, because you want a modern NBA offense, but the modern NBA type offense that Cal's trying to run is not working. I mean, like, clearly, I mean, we wouldn't even get past St. Peter's, right? So why don't we go back to what worked for Kentucky before and just overtly athletic players and then really elite guards because that's what we had, you know? if As long as you have a lot of length, that helps with the, you know, the defense. And then you have it with getting boards. I don't know. I just think that like fans can't have their cake and eat it too. If you want a modern NBA offense, you're going to get the struggles of shoot shooting lulls. If you want more athletic and physical defenders and low, you know, like you're going to have low scoring games. Like you, you just can't have everything. You can't have an NBA type team in college right now. That's just impossible because the talent to, gap is huge. Yeah. You want to, yeah. You've, I'm sure most of us heard that JJ Reddit snippet from his podcast where it was him and KD. <laughs> Aaron like, Torres. Talk, yeah, Aaron Torres, that bozo. Like, and <laughs> how he called him a fuckhead. Because you don't know why, Aaron Torres? You are a fuckhead. That's why. Because <laughs> the talent between, yeah, fans are like, oh, well, I'll never forget during last offseason, this guy was trying to argue with me. He was like, well, look what the Warriors do. Motherfucker, Stephen Curry is not walking the through the shooters all the time. Yeah. This is nothing in college will ever come close to what they run in the NBA. No. The kids are not skilled enough to do it. No way. It just won't. There's no – you take that, like, offense that Kansas is running and you put it in the NBA, that team is finishing dead last in offensive rating every year. At whatever offense you look at, Zaga, put in the NBA, they're going to struggle. 
in the NBA, like the the sets and shit that they run. College basketball is so far behind in modern basketball, it's genuinely insane. Like, I don't understand why people are like, oh, we need to run an NBA-styled offense. Kyle brought in five snipers. One of them tore his, like, hamstring in a warm-ups before the Duke game. <laughs> one of them simply forgot how to shoot the ball. And one of them, you know, Kyle Grady was amazing. Davion, he was up and down, and Ty Ty dealt with injuries. Like, Cal's approach to building the roster for this year was really good. And yeah. we've never had that much shooting on a team. It's what do you want him to do? Fucking give him his give CJ Frederick his own hamstring and put him out. Like, there's only yeah. so much that a coach can do with the personnel that he has, and that's out of his luck. There's no such thing as an NBA style in offense. You can only put no. the players out out there, and he did yeah. he did a good job of that, and it just didn't work out for reasons out of Cal's control. Yeah, absolutely. And anybody that that says that like Cal was checked out this year or he wasn't even. even mean? Like he, like people are saying that he didn't give a hundred percent effort. It's like, are you are you kidding me? Like you didn't watch it all because like he had this but team top be the same one second time. Yeah, top three offensive adjusted efficiency and top twenty in offensive defensive defensive adjusted efficiency. Like if that's a checked out coach, I'd like to see him checked in even more. You know what I mean? Like you could stay checked out, that'd be fine. Just get recruits and you know just roll the ball yeah. out at that point. Uh, but you know, whatever. So is there anything else you guys want to talk about? My thing, my thing with the whole, like what, what's the formula to win? Like, and there is no formula. I also don't think like we can sit here and debate what we think Cal should do, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the solutions like that you use to fix the problem are, as long as you fix the problem. If Cal wins, I don't care if he runs five bigs out there. Like literally just win. That's I don't care how we get to the get to the product or get to the result. Just get there. Yeah. And yeah. no one's gonna care. Like everyone would be praising Cal for changing his offensive philosophy and everything if we had made a final four run this year. And it's the same place it I mean it's not that's we like to like bag on UK fans because we're like super super fickle. But, well, yeah, we are smart, yes. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that's every fan base. Every fan base complains about stuff whenever things are going poorly and is like, oh, do this, fix this, whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, no one cares as long as it does get fixed somehow. And there are a million ways to fix the problem. So just figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It'll get there, so. All right, guys. Well, I think we've been we've been ranting and raving long I, enough. I have one non-basketball question for the two Chicago boys here, and you, if you want to answer it, Connor. But I lay it on me. Um, what is what is the best Kanye album? And what is your favorite Kanye song? The College Dropout. Shit, I'm not even. Yeah. And run away. All right, I'm not even Kanye fan, but I like Yeezus a lot and. And I'll probably have to say, like, Runaway. I think Runaway is, like, a consensus favorite. Uh, I like Graduation a lot. Um, you would, Connor. I figured you'd be an 808s kind of guy. That, that's, that's actually third. Graduation, College Dropout, then 808s. Um, and actually, my favorite Kanye song is Slow Jams. That's an old school one. 
Said she wants some Monday. Connor. It's so good. You're wonderful. Why do you hate me, Dale? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't. You're just... I don't even consider Kanye like Chicago to me. Like he's been all over the map. I just don't like in in Chicago. No one speaks of Kanye as like a Chicago rapper. They just don't. That's true. All right, let me ask you a Chicago question. Uh, Do you actually like deep dish pizza, or is it just a facade? No, you mean mean casserole? Hey, hey, shut up. Do you view it as a pizza? Because like I could eat, I could eat a deep dish pizza casserole. But like, all right, so like. If I had, like a New York slice of pizza, if From I had tomorrow? a one night, yes, yeah, Sabaro, get authentic New York pizza. <laughs> but if I if I had a New York slice one night, and I I would not eat pizza the next night, right? But mm-hmm. I could eat a you know a deep dish style pizza at one night, and then eat pizza the next night because I feel like it's a totally different thing to me. It is, and, and the great totally thing with me, but it's still pizza. Yeah. 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 The yeah. great thing with me is my dad, my dad's in New York. So I got half New York, half Chicago. So I get best of both worlds. New York pizza, it's it's great. Um, and it's something that I could eat like whenever. Deep dish is like a special occasion though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like whip it. it and the, the great thing with deep dish is there's so much cheese. There's so much stuff on you it. Eat it and you, you eat it and you go into a coma for like four days. It's it's the best. And I people <laughs> people hate on it for I yeah, like it is it a casserole? Yeah, but it's pizza. It's pizza. It's, I mean, it's, good, it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's the best thing in the world. Deep dish What's pizza. Place? Deep dish pizza is elite. Ketchup does not belong on hot dogs. And Tyler Eulis is the greatest Kentucky point guard of all time. Go Chicago. <laughs> True. I, I hate ketchup. I actually, like, it makes me sick, which is wild. Not, I, I only really, puts like, ketchup on his fries. If it's if it's uh like if it's already on a burger like from Wendy's or whatever I, I don't mind it because it's already mixed in but if it's just straight ketchup I can't do it uh mustard mustard gang all the way yeah you're disgusting yeah you, you'll grow up one day Scott typical it's okay you'll I, I'm actually from Kentucky but you know it's whatever no uh, yeah. mustard on some collard greens bro so good <laughs> so good anyways. Um, you mentioned burgers and then said Wendy's and then now you're putting mustard on collard greens. Well, because I was thinking like, all right, like there's fast food burgers and then there's burgers, you know, like I'm not uh-huh. going to like, those sure. are totally different things. Wendy's but anyways, are better than burgers. Eh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that at all. But Checkers, Checkers underrated also too. Uh, or rallies, whatever you guys have up there. I don't know if it's Checkers or rallies, but uh, also very underrated. Um, last question, deep dish or not deep dish, but, uh, we can all agree here that Detroit style pizza is the, just the absolute worst, right? No, it's pizza. It's good. No, it's, like, it's, it's really good. good. Why is the sauce on top? It's stupid. Detroit style. This, yeah, Chicago. Detroit yeah, right style. is like on focaccia bread. Yeah. No. It's like caramelized Detroit, and shit. Oh, Let's look it up. Detroit style pizza. Yeah, Connor, I, I, you're I just, a bad take. While you look that up, I'm gonna say my favorite Kanye album and favorite Kanye song because no one asked me. Just jerks. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I mean, it's either my beautiful dark twist fantasy or college dropout. I'll go with my beautiful dark twist fantasy since no one else said that. And then my favorite Kanye song is Otis. Uh, I, I like that with one. With him and Jay Z. Yeah. Elite. Song. Also. I also like what's the uh, what's what's one chance rapper? I'm having a brain fart. That one that one gets me hyped every time. What? 
Ultralight Beam? The one with Chance the Rapper? Yeah, yeah Ultralight Beam. Ultralight Beam. Ultralight Beam. Wait, Connor, have you... I think... I think you're getting the two mixed up here, though. Because Deep Dish... Deep Dish has a sauce on top. Detroit is like caramelized crust, and it looks like a casserole, but the cheese is on top. No, like... The cheese is on top. The one, I mean, the one I'm looking at, Detroit style, it's definitely the sauce is on top. It's hard to see, but like get pizza, isn't that shit Detroit style? I don't, I don't know. Anyways, we we could we could carry this conversation on without recording. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, what do you guys want to plug? This is your time. I know Matt, you you write. I know Scott, you write. Give me give me the things that we need to uh, look at. Any content you want to plug? Anything you want to preview here? Go for it. Matt, you want to go ahead? Yeah. Um, Matt Jones, if you're listening to this, thank you for listening to our podcast. Um, Dude, if Matt Jones listens to I this, I'm Matt sorry, Jones. Matt. Not really. <laughs> yeah, you don't have anything to go for you. I got to follow You can follow me at MattSackBBN on Twitter, Big Blue Nation number one fan account, Proclaim, um, and a few other random people that like me for some reason. Um, you can f- see my writing at catscovers.com. It's kind of basketball offseason, so I'm doing the, a lot of baseball cover. We're currently playing Texas A&M. We're going to go beat them this weekend. I am confident. I'll something out at the end of the week on that. And, of course, with me and Scott, we got the Courtside Connect pod. Um, have us, usually we try to get one out once a week during the offseason. In season, we'll have one every game. But you can find that on Spotify. Um, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, basically wherever you like your podcast. Sports have Connect. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Have a good time. Yeah, definitely. Scott, uh, you, you, can, you can find my work at KY.com, East newspaper here at UK. Uh, I do a lot of baseball game recaps. Um, so, yeah, same thing. I'll be covering the game Saturday uh, against AM. So, go check that one out. And um, you can find my Twitter at Scott Clark UK. Uh, my Twitter's been buzzing recently. I've been getting a couple of tweets, you know, 70-plus likes, so give me a follow. Uh, like I said, I got in a little kerfuffle with Matt Jones, so good entertainment as well. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and like I like Matt said, thank you guys for having us on, especially me. Like, this has been awesome. I'm usually in bed by, like, 9.30, uh, but it's been great talking to you guys, just talking ball, talking beer, talking Chicago pizza, so – yeah, it's been, it's, been, it's been awesome. Yeah, definitely. Dal, you want to plug anything? Um, do underscore Will Harmon on Twitter. Uh, go check these guys out. Um, that's about it. Gotcha. Uh, also, if you uh, if there's any Wake Forest fans, or if you want to be a Wake Forest fan, go follow our our boy Cam at the coldest Debro Cam Lemons. Uh, he put out a new podcast for Wake Forest football, right? Uh, yeah, or is it just Wake Forest? Wake Forest sports in general, but he's okay, yeah. covering more football right now just because yeah, kind of spring ball and stuff like that. Yeah, um, so definitely go check that out. Uh, we are we talked about it. We've we've we're still finding the people for it. Uh, if you guys Kentucky fans, if you know uh, at Brando King, I think his name's Berkeley's Pops or you know whatever on Twitter, tell him tell him he should do a podcast. Because uh, he he's kind of teasing us and thinking about maybe joining our podcast for maybe at least football season uh, and doing that. So that'd be fun. Uh, but definitely, we're we're gonna try and get some football content out for you guys. Uh, we haven't landed on name at all. So if you have any suggestions, hit us up. 
And yeah, I, I think that's pretty much all we have to plug now. So Scott, Matt, we appreciate you guys coming on. I, it's always a fun time hanging out with you guys and talking ball and uh, talking pizza and Kanye albums and everything like that. So appreciate you guys hanging out with us and uh, we will catch you all later. See you guys. Peace. Thanks for having us on. Go Cats, baby. Peace. Thank you. Thank you.